Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Well, you've made it to Friday, and you've made it to 5 o'clock on Friday. That means for most of you, probably the weekend is here, and it's underway. For some of you, it probably started yesterday. We know it did for many people who were up in D.C. at the big pep rally that they had up there at what they call the bullpen, right by the Navy Yard and right by Nats Park. That was a perfect place to hold that pep rally up there that one of the, the sports station kind of hosted up there in D.C. And that's in the reference that Neil Greenberg gave us in the conversation we had with the Washington Post writer in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, Josh Harris eventually wound up buying a beer for everybody who was at that pep rally. I don't know the semantics of that. I don't know the logistics. I don't know how that happened, but I'm sure he could afford it even after writing a $6.05 billion check to Dan Snyder to purchase the Washington Commanders. Um, But it was a great event up there. So for a lot of people, the weekend certainly started yesterday. For many of you, it's starting right now. For others of you, maybe a little bit later this afternoon and into the weekend. So we appreciate you spending some of it with us here on the Sports Huddle. We spent the entire first hour talking Washington Commanders. So we're going to deviate from that path just a little bit. We'll get back to it later in this hour, the second and final hour of today's Sports Huddle. But as we've been doing for the past couple of weeks, wanted to take the opportunity to introduce you to another new member of Richmond Spiders basketball. And, of course, you'll hear all the Spiders games once again this year right here on 1061. ESPN. We have talked with Jordan King, who transferred to Richmond from East Tennessee State, and to Delani Hunt, who transferred to the Spiders from Wagner. And today we get an opportunity to talk with Tyler Harris, the newest Richmond Spider, who has joined the Richmond basketball team transferring from Western Carolina. And Tyler joins us for the first time this afternoon. Tyler, how you doing? Thanks for spending some time with us today. Hello? Hey, Tyler. Thanks for spending some time with us today. How you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I am. Um, I can hear another line in between. Ah, there you, yeah, it's not the first time that happened. My producer's going to push a couple of buttons, and that's going to go away momentarily. Uh, we had that happen earlier this week. So, let. All right, there we go. I think you should hear me clearly now, right? Sounds good. All right, so that's a turnover for me. That's something you're not going to have any of during this next season, okay. right? No, no, no turnovers here. I know you got good assist to turnover ratio and all that. Um, welcome to the Richmond basketball family. Uh, welcome on the air with us for the first time. Uh, what made you come to the Richmond Spiders, Tyler? You had a good four-year career there at Western Carolina. You had the one more year that you could use. Why the Spiders? Well, the difference between Richmond and the other schools I talked about I mean, other schools I talked with, they, um, the culture was the most important piece with every coach I talked to. The first thing I asked them about is how is the team's culture? Because that's like, that's the foundation of building a good program. And it was the most important thing because you just, you get a family vibe with, with a team that has a, a, a well-defined culture. Um, that was the main piece for me. And then secondly, I just, I could get the feel that the coaches here were confident and they, uh, they are going to make me a better player. So this is, this was definitely a good spot for me to come to, especially if I want to win. So, 
Yeah. That that's really interesting how you went about it from that standpoint to learn about uh, Coach Mooney and the coaching staff. Did did you talk with some of the guys about that? And I know there's been a lot of turnover. There aren't a whole lot of them left, but you know there were three transfers last year who were in your shoes a year ago. Plus, you know, some undergraduate underclassmen who are who are back again. How much conversation did you have with any of those before you officially committed to the Spiders? Um, I've had a few talks. Uh, it's just really, I just, I, I really took this decision on my own though. Like mm-hmm. it was, I really, really just talked with my, my parents and stuff like that on like their input on it. So um, I didn't really talk to too many like graduates or I mean, any of my former teammates or current teammates about this decision. It was just something I talked about with my parents and we felt like this was the best move for me and uh, to not like, not take it for granted this is a great opportunity so that's that's how it was absolutely um so now you are getting to know your your new teammates the guys who transferred in last year the undergraduates as i mentioned what have the summer workouts been like how have you kind of uh, attacked those both to get to know all these guys on the court and off the court tyler summer workouts has been it's been it's been pretty it was pretty fast at first um when i first you know stepped on the court um, it was an open gym, and I was just out there just playing, and it was it was it felt like I, I belonged here. But then when we started real practice, it was like, all right, this is this is some different basketball. I haven't <laughs> played this type of basketball in college. You know, it's real fast paced. Everybody's moving. Everybody's in different spots. Everybody's touching the ball. It's a it's a well shared basketball. So like that was you know I'm still working on it, trying to get used to everything. But on top of that, my teammates have been helping me a lot. Um, like just teammates texting me, telling me like to do certain things on film and how I can like how I can fit in more and things I can work on. Like this has been a real welcoming vibe from the team as well. So it's been a pretty uh, it's been a pretty good summer, I would say. That's pretty interesting. I mean, after four years of playing basketball one way, and maybe even more than four years, I, I don't know that much about Western Carolina, but I'm I'm guessing it was somewhat more conventional basketball not the way that richmond plays which is which is unique and a little bit different mm-hmm. um how, how did you kind of attack that of learning an entirely new way of playing this far along in your college basketball career well one thing i did i watched a lot of film definitely watched a lot of film of just games from the past years and last year just to see how everybody moves in different spots and locations on the court and then also, when I got here, the coaches were just telling me everything you learned about basketball before, just just, just put it behind you. And just, <laughs> just come out here and play hard. Basically, they just threw me out in the fire, and I'm still trying to figure it out. But I've learned a lot in these last five weeks. So that's really how it was. They just threw me out there in the fire and told me to figure it out. And then that's just how I rolled. That that shows they got a lot of confidence in you too that that you are going to figure it out and probably confidence in your teammates that they're gonna they're gonna help you as well. So for our spider fans tuned in who will be cheering you on in the Robin Center this fall and winter, can you kind of describe your game? What what makes Tyler Harris's game that spider fans will be watching? Uh, one thing they're gonna see is a lot of energy, and they can see that energy through my efforts on both sides of the court. I play. I'm a two way player. I, uh, I take a lot of pride in defense. Uh, I'm going to be out there guarding the best players. Um, I, I really take pride in not getting scored on. And defense is the base of a game. If you can stop a team from defending, then you can win the game with, you know, um, sub, like poor offense. So I take defense very seriously. Offensively, I'm a very versatile guard. Um, I can score at many different levels. 
Um, I got a little post game or whatever. But, um, no, nah, I'm, a, I'm a pretty versatile guard. I can be interchangeable and create a lot of mismatches. And I play hard. I get old boards. Um, and I just, I mean, I'm just a two-way player. That's all it is. It's all it I look seems, for. A lot of excitement, seems, though. Yeah. Seems like you're a workhorse, too. I mean, uh, your four-year career, you played in so many games, so many minutes. Um, you know, how much do you take pride in that, that, you know, when called upon, you are going to be ready no matter what the situation might call for? Being able to look back at my last four years, I've learned, I realize I've learned a lot about college basketball. And that I feel like at this point, being in, being in my fifth year, I can kind of, you know, slow everything down. I know what's going on. Like, I, I've seen it all before. I've seen it for the last four years, I feel like. So, really, it's right now, it's like it's a game I've seen for a long time, games I've been in. I've been in a lot of different situations. So, I feel confident when I get out there that I'm going to figure it out. A couple more for Tyler Harris of the Richmond Spiders, a graduate transfer from Western Carolina, and you alluded to that, Tyler. So you got you got one year to go, and I know guys hate when I ask this question. I don't know why I keep asking, except I get good answers. So let's see where you go with this. Has it has it kind of hit you yet that this will be the last year, that this is your final go-around in college basketball and what you'll try to do to, to make it as, as rewarding and as special as you possibly can? Um, yes, it has hit me to some point, but it definitely hit me a lot harder during the season. And what I've been doing about this, like just realizing like the most important things that you take from college. And that's going to be the relationships that you build here. And one thing I really want to do to change, like how I've been going about things, I want to be really close with my team and my coaching staff. I want to be close with my teammates where I feel like they're all going to be at my wedding. You know, I want to be close (laughs) with my teammates to where it isn't about basketball at some point. We're just, we're just good friends, you know, and then I want the same relationship with my coaches. So that's definitely something I'm going to be working on towards this year. And, um, yeah. Well, we hope uh, we hope they'll all be dancing at your wedding. But first, that you guys will be in the big dance come March mm-hmm. uh, this year, and you can help get this team uh, to the NCAA tournament. Hey, Tyler, I know, I know you're from from the Charlotte area. Did that have any factor in it? I mean, it's a, you know relatively easy for folks to get to to see you play here here in Richmond from being from Charlotte. Oh yes, for sure. And I know uh, Charlotte's about four hour drive, not too mm-hmm. bad. And then. Uh, we I know we play Davidson. Right. Davidson's in the Charlotte area, so my family would definitely be able to come to that game and support the Spiders for sure. Hey, are you a uh, Carolina Panthers fan? Uh, no, uh, my family is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, my goodness. How about that? Well, that's okay. We have a lot of Steeler fans in the area, I can yeah. tell you. Now I'm, now, I'm an Eagles fan, so you and I might have some conversations on a bus or an airplane <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> you still got way more rings than the Eagles, believe me. I get that. I was just going to mention because the Panthers uh, just signed Bryce Young, the number one pick, uh, to a big contract. Yeah, but, but you don't yeah, if you don't care about the Panthers, I don't care about the Panthers either. We, we just we care about you and play basketball at Richmond. Hey, uh, great introduction for our Spider fans and for me as well. Look forward to to getting to know you a little bit on campus and obviously in the Robin Center. What's what's next here as we wrap it up, Tyler? I know you guys are about done with your summer workouts. What 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 holds for the next month before uh, you all get back when classes start in August? Well, uh, first thing is we have another uh, Spiders camp for the kids, so. That'll be on the 31st through the 3rd of August. Um, that's really the next thing I'm looking forward to. And then after that, uh, just enjoying my t- enjoying some time with my family. And then coming back to school about a, about a week early and, you know, work out, get back in the flow of Richmond basketball, and then go from there. 
Sounds great. Uh, look forward to seeing you in the Robin Center with those young kids and the campers and then uh, when the spider basketball season gets going. Tyler, thanks for the time this afternoon. Look forward to catching up with you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tyler Harris, uh, the newest Richmond Spider via the transfer portal. So for the past three weeks, we've introduced you to the three transfers joining the Spider program, Jordan King, Delani Hunt, and now Tyler Harris. Uh, look forward to seeing him on the floor. Yeah, he played a lot for uh, for Western Carolina. I think he, he played over 120 games, almost 3,000 minutes, some pretty solid stats. Nothing overly gaudy. But very solid stats, and it sounds like he'll fit right in with the rest with the rest of these guys. All right, I got a little more college basketball after the break. I want to get to on the VCU front um, as well. So we'll do that coming up here after the break. But before we get there, uh, let's take you on the path of where we're headed in the final forty-five minutes or so of this week's sports huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure he'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. Save up to 30%. Check them out online at jamesriverair.com. Dominating story has been the introductory press conference today of Josh Harris and the ownership group of the Washington Commanders. We've been playing some of the sound bites for you a little bit earlier. Got a couple more to go from head coach Ron Rivera, who was part of that press conference today. We'll let you hear those coming up as well. I've certainly set a record. We've gone well into the second hour, and I haven't even mentioned baseball yet on the sports huddle today. The only thing I'll say at this point is the Baltimore Orioles are in first place in the American League East. After knocking off Tampa Bay in 10 innings yesterday, 4-3, to three, the Orioles all alone with a one-game lead in the American League East. That is quite a story that is developing in Major League Baseball. That series continues tonight. It is a four-game series at Tampa Bay, and tonight is uh, game two of that four-game set. So the Orioles now in first place in the American League East. Uh, pretty Pretty phenomenal stuff for the Orioles. Uh, the Braves are in action uh, tonight as well, and we'll have uh, Braves baseball um, for you on our airwaves uh, coming up a little bit later this evening after our show uh, tonight. Uh, the Braves are in Milwaukee, so that's a battle of first-place teams. That's an 8-10 game, 7:55 is our airtime on the Braves radio network and one other note i will mention the phillies in here as well the phils are in cleveland tonight bryce harper is scheduled to make his debut at first base tonight for the philadelphia phillies it'll be the first time he'll be in the field since he had the uh, elbow surgery last uh, off season at first base tonight for philadelphia Yay. at cleveland <laughs> All right, there you go. Those are your headlines. We'll come back in a moment. As we said, we've got some Ron Rivera sound bites from the press conference today. Oh, yeah, I'll talk a little more baseball as well. And uh, the British Open is now uh, through two rounds. Also, we haven't touched much on that. Maybe we'll get to that uh, in our final couple of segments as well. 516, take a time out here on the Sports Auto 1061 ESPN. The Atlanta Braves are rolling with their sights set on a sixth straight division title and their second championship in three years. Catch the action here on 1061 ESPN Richmond, your home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. Bob, did you hear Tyler Harris said two-way player? He said defense. 
I'm going to be such a huge U of R fan next year. <laughs> It'll all be built on defense, AJ. Defense wins championships. That's the third player who said, who talked about defense. They already have it ingrained in them, and they haven't even been into a game yet. And that's how they're going to get into games, though. They're going to play good defense. Exactly. You'll hear that chant reverberating. That was awesome, that defense chant. I, I appreciate that. Which you have heard reverberating from the Siegel Center over years past, right? Because that's what they were predicated on all the way back to, to Shaka Smart. And I'm not saying that under Ryan Odom they're not playing defense. They certainly will. But it seems like he's going to be much more offensive-minded with his team and the type of players that he's brought in. Again, not to say they're not going to play defense. It's just going to look a little bit different. But where I'm heading on this is VCU has announced its non-conference slate. And for those of you who get on teams like Syracuse and Duke for just playing all home games in the non-conference, you can now add VCU to that list. And maybe a tip of the cap uh, to them for their schedule. I'm not sure if it's totally a positive or not. But um, it certainly is eye-catching. VCU is not scheduled to play a single true road game in their non-conference schedule. They are playing nine non-conference home games. Am I right? Four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. Ten non-conference home games for VCU. So they are playing 19 home games this season. I feel for, like, the administrative staff and all the workers and, and all of that who will put on, you know, college basketball games 19 times, right? I think my math is right here. You play nine conference games, 18 conference games total, so nine at home, and they are playing 10 non-conference home games. I don't think I've ever seen that before. That is 19 home games. I think somebody like Duquesne or somebody like that did that last year. I'll have to go back and look at that in the Atlantic 10. But VCU will play three games in that ESPN um, Invitational down there in Kissimmee, Florida, which will include the likes of uh, Penn State, I know, is in that. So they might see Mike Rhodes in that in that field. And, and there are several other really good teams uh, in, the, in that event. But everything else is at home for VCU. And I don't know. I, I just think maybe they would like – it would help them, help any team. Not, I'm just not saying VCU, any team to play it maybe one or two to get ready for, you know, traveling life on the road. I know they'll travel together for the for the tournament down there in Florida. But other than that, just to take a regular road trip before you get into into your conference games. Maybe I'm overthinking that a little bit. But the home games are McNeese, which is the opener. We've talked about that one. That's Will Wade's new team, but he's already suspended for the first ten games, so he won't be anywhere near the Siegel Center. Uh, for that game for the opener on Monday, November 6th. But they have McNeese, Samford, not Stanford, but Samford, S-A-M-F-O-R-D. Radford comes in, state matchup. Seattle comes in as well. And then after they go to Florida, after Thanksgiving, before Christmas, they'll play Norfolk State, uh, Memphis, Penny Hardaway's team. That's a, that's a great get. They were down there last year. Alcorn State, Temple. That's a solid one. Maryland Eastern Shore and Gardner-Webb. So 10 non-conference home games for VCU, and then the nine home games they get in the Atlantic 10. They get 19 home games this season. That's that's interesting. That's uh, money is what that it is. It is. You're right. It is. It's, it's money. 
you know, they, they sell out most of their games. I don't know that they'll sell all of them out. You know, there's their bulletin board material. Ed McLaughlin's probably right now going, oh, that, that Richmond guy, Bob Black, just said we're not going to sell out all those home games. I'm going to make sure we do. Well, more more power to him if he can do it for sure. Um, you know, because they're not exactly marquee names necessarily, and nobody does that in the non-conference. I get it. I'm going to go to Richmond's here in a moment. So for those of you, you know, think I'm all Richmond all the time, which I am for the most part. Uh, I'm not. Uh, and I think for the most part, what VCU has done is good. It's a, it's a new coach. It's a new team. It's new players getting to know each other. They do have a great home court advantage. They have new video boards, I see, this year as well. It's about time at the Siegel Center for that. I'm sure their fans would be saying that as well. But it's, you know, McNeese, Samford, Radford, Seattle, all above 100, I think, in the in last year's net, if, if, if these are the numbers I'm reading correctly. Norfolk State, Memphis, Alcorn State, Temple, Maryland, Eastern Shore, Gardner-Webb. Obviously, the name attractions there are Memphis and Temple. Um, so, anyway, I, I, would, I would probably want one, maybe two true road games before I get into conference play, but that's just me. Um, now, Richmond still has some games to get. And I'm doing this off of the uh, D1 Docket website, and they're they're pretty accurate in what they do because Richmond has not released its non-conference schedule yet. But I think they've only got 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. They've only got 10. So they would have three more to get if they want to. You can play 31 regular season games. And the Spiders at the moment have 10 non-conference. So they've got some more games um, if they so desire to get. And at the moment, they have one, two, three, four, five. Six of the 10 are at home. Uh, Two are in their tournament in Daytona Beach. And then they have two true road games, which are return games at Wichita State and at Northern Iowa. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. You'd want to sprinkle a couple in there, I would think. Chris Mooney and his staff that works on scheduling would like home games. Um, for the rest of their non-conference, for the most part. Maybe one more away, but if they could get the rest of them at home, I think they'd be pretty happy with what they've got. And similarly, they've got VMI and they've got Siena, who are way up there in the net. they got Queens, which is in the 200s. they got William & Mary, which at least is a state game. Uh, Charlotte uh, and Buffalo are their home games this season. So uh, at the moment, and again, like I said, I think Richmond can schedule three more. Uh, home games but anyway so there's a little bit of college basketball news and notes for you on the heels of our conversation with tyler harris the the transfer from western carolina now with the richmond spiders again another one that we've talked with promising to play defense and that's what my guy aj uh, likes so he's all on board with that all right bottom of the hour on the sports side we come back let's get back to the commanders for one more segment let you hear a couple comments from ron rivera from today's press conference and kind of wrap things up on that front and then we'll start to look ahead to training camp which actually gets underway tomorrow for rookies and quarterbacks for the commanders up there in ashburn and then the full team next week i think wednesday is their first uh, full practice day on the field so plenty of talk on the field coming up after the break head coach ron rivera from today's introductory press conference of the josh Harris Ownership Group. You'll hear from the head coach next on the Sports Huddle. The Braves are back from the All-Star break and all eyes are on the postseason. How far can they go? Listen and find out with us here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves. 1061 ESP. on the mound for the Atlanta Braves tonight at 8-10 against Milwaukee. As I mentioned earlier, matchup of first-place teams, National League East, National League Central. 
Braves are the best team in baseball at the moment at 62-33. and 33. As I mentioned earlier, the Orioles are now the best team in the American League and leading the East by a game over the Tampa Bay Rays after their win yesterday. Game two of that four-game series tonight in Tampa. Uh, where they're not really excited about that series. They had an attendance yesterday in the teens, like 17,000 or something like that. They need to either move that team or do something with them. They're too good not to be able to play in front of more people down there in uh, the Tampa-St. Pete area. So that's a 640 game at the Trop in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida tonight. All right, uh, back to FedEx we go. Back to the commander's introductory press conference today, and several people spoke Thought it was interesting that Jason Wright was the the MC of the event. He did fine, and he was basically just kind of a a traffic cop, bringing one guy up to the next guy to the next guy. Uh, several of them had an opportunity to speak. They had, uh, I think, four of the partners up there with uh, Josh Harris. Two of them spoke. Two of them were just kind of up there for the picture taking session, and then they had Ron Rivera up there as well. The Commanders head coach and he had an opportunity to say a few words he didn't answer any questions he has plenty of opportunities to do that of course um before every training camp session beginning tomorrow so here's a couple sound bites from ron rivera and we'll kind of close things out on the commanders and the one thing that that he accentuated that they all did is that first and foremost in addition to the fan experience and being good in the community being a good workplace all of that, the, the first thing that struck Ron Rivera in getting to know this group, they want to win. Here in the DMV, I'm extre- extremely grateful to have the opportunity to serve as the first head coach for the Harris Group's ownership of this historic franchise. In my talks with Mr. Harris and his impressive groups of partners, it has been very clear to me that there's going to be an emphasis on providing the necessary resources for the team to succeed. All of our conversations have been around winning. Winning is the primary focus, and this group has pledged that they will support us in working towards the goal of making this team a consistent winner. And look, I think Ron Rivera knows as well as anybody, he not only needs to be a consistent winner, he needs to be an immediate winner. Don't know if that can happen this year. A lot of that will revolve around the quarterback situation and the offensive line, and we'll learn a lot more about that moving forward. But if he doesn't win this year, a new ownership group is certainly going to bring its own people in. And Ron Rivera has been around long enough to know that. He knows the stakes. He knows what's at at stake. Uh, He knows he has to win now. We'll see if he's able to do that that quickly this year. They were relatively close last year um, and didn't get there. And, again, I think just so much of it depends on Eric Biennemi, the new offensive coordinator, and what Sam Howell does at quarterback, and hopefully the skilled people at running back and wide receiver have the years that we expect them to, and that the offensive line somehow can come together for for Washington. So he he knows it as well as anybody. Uh, And, of course, he knows about the history of the Washington franchise as well. He knows about the Super Bowls, about the tradition, uh, about the coaches who have preceded him back in their glory days. So he gave a shout-out to them. And also to the couple of players that were there from this year's team, Terry McLaurin and Jonathan Allen. And like I said, Rivera made sure to give a shout-out to the past and the present. We have an exciting and young team, hungry to perform for all of our great fans. Our coaching staff is already hard at work with our rookies and quarterbacks who are reporting today for tomorrow's first practice. Two of our leaders are here today, pro bowlers Terry McLaurin and Jonathan Allen.
They are prime examples of the foundation we are trying to build here with this football team. Tough physical players who have bought into our culture and they lead by example. I also see so many of the distinguished alumni and Hall of Famers here in the crowd, and we really do appreciate you guys being here, showing your support, and helping us to bring the fan base back. And also, Coach Gibbs, probably one of the real special ones. I especially appreciate him for his friendship and for his mentorship. So Ron Rivera said all the right things uh, today as well. And um, now it's now it's onto the field for him. And, and as we said, he, he knows uh, the deal here. The deal is win, win games. Um, all right. So there you go. That's sound bites. You heard from Magic Johnson, Josh Harris, Ron Rivera. I think, you know, hopefully we covered that as well as we possibly could um, for those of you who are Washington Commanders and NFL fans, because it really is a big deal and it really is the big story. So having said that, I tread lightly on this one. Um, and tread lightly on water on this one a little bit as well because this is really an opinion that is media-based as much as anything. But as I thought about it, it probably does impact you as a fan and as someone who consumes sports information. So I read the Richmond Times-Dispatch this morning. And you know they're not on our good side necessarily right now anyway because of um, you know parting ways with Michael Phillips, uh, who we thought, think, was the outstanding sports editor of the Richmond Times-Dispatch, and that kind of blindsided us a little more than a week ago. And I remember Sean Robertson when it happened last Thursday, and we were out at Colonial Downs saying, wow, the timing of that is crazy. You know, training camp's just about to begin. Who's going to cover the commanders? And as it turns out, who's going to cover this? Maybe one of the biggest stories in Washington football history in quite some time. You know, getting Daniel Snyder out of there and getting a new owner was something we've been talking about for years and years and years. And I read the Richmond Times-Dispatch online now, uh, and I have kind of the habit of reading their e-edition just to see what the paper looks like. I don't feel it anymore because I don't have it in my hands. I don't get delivered to the house. But I'll scroll through it on my phone because you can see the actual print edition on your phone. And I was really dismayed this morning that, and I know they're in transition, and that's why I tread on this lightly. They're in transition with their sports department. It's been a week since Michael Phillips um, departed there. So, uh, you know, I don't think they have anybody really running the shop, the sports shop at this point. I could be wrong about that, but they're certainly, even if they're in a transition. So I say it a little bit lightly, uh, but they had, from what I could tell, no presence at the press conference today in dc Uh, i don't think there was a times dispatch reporter there who asked a question i watched the whole thing i recognized many of the others but i didn't see anybody from from the times dispatch or the group of papers here in central virginia and certainly there was nobody in minneapolis yesterday where the rest of the dc media was there and i gotta believe if michael phillips was still there he would have been in minneapolis and he certainly would have been in dc today and the paper ran and again i don't want to get too deep into the woods about media and coverage Uh, that's for geeks like me but this is how you consume your sports information your sports entertainment and knowledge sports talk show social media websites games broadcast newspapers Uh, they had an associated press story and that was it one story from the associated press uh, somebody tried to localize it a little bit with a couple of paragraphs about, oh, the commanders used to have a uh, training camp in Richmond, and that's no longer the case. Other than that, it was the same AP story that I read in the Philadelphia paper. 
this morning as well. And I just, you know, I feel bad for all of us who get even a little bit of our information from the Times-Dispatch because Michael did a great job of covering the commanders. And they still have, you know, at least a couple of writers who do a great job of covering the sports scene and their beats that I know, you know, more personally. David Teal, who we have on all the time, and John O'Connor, who is the Richmond beat writer, and the Squirrels, and, you know, who I, I see all the time and have known for years and years, still doing a tremendous job there. But I just, I, I wonder where the sports coverage is going when a story like that one, as huge and as big as that, that could have been a news person covering that story and the fact that it wasn't on page one also surprised me there have been enough stories uh, involving the washington football team then redskins football team commanders that have been on page one of the times dispatch that i would think this one would have been on page one now maybe they'll make up maybe they'll follow up tomorrow the old follow-up deal and you'll see it splashed on page one from the press conference today and maybe they did have somebody there but i didn't recognize anyone or hear anyone who asked questions today i heard and saw ben standig and jp finley and john keim and david aldridge um nikki javala all asking questions uh, at the press conference today but i didn't recognize anybody from richmond um that was there today, which just just surprised me. For all the stories that they have covered, to not cover that one, the press conference is at 2 o'clock. That's a reasonable time to have it. And for the most part, you know, so I, I say this all the time. I follow stories for both the content and how the media presents them because that's the business I'm in. So in this case, I was dismayed in how they presented. And I'm not really trying to totally pick on them other than, you know, I think they made a bad decision in getting rid of Michael Phillips, and maybe their entire business model is changing, and this was a step that they felt they had to take because they're changing the way they cover sports and the way they present their newspaper. That's happening all the time in our country right now. I I certainly get that. But then I was dismayed just as a fan and as a sports consumer that there was one story in the Richmond Times-Dispatch about the the commander sale that is such a huge story and it was an associated press story at that it, it wasn't even really a localized story so it's something i'll keep an eye on moving forward and as a sports consumer i would urge you to as well because if that's part of where you get your information from you deserve to have the best that you can possibly get. We try to present that. We make a lot of mistakes. You know, our our staff here at 1061 ESPN, we've thinned down as a lot of places have since the pandemic. We know that. Um, but it just, in this case, surprised me that that's all we got out of that out of that story today. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. Keep an eye on it. If you read the Times-Dispatch, and I urge you to read the Times-Dispatch, um, just keep an eye on, on how they handle coverage, particularly of a team that they have, you know, so um, much covered in the past in the Washington Commanders. Uh, last break. Before we get to the end of the week on the Sports Huddle, we'll wrap it up for you after a timeout. 1061 ESPN. The Big Al Life Advice or the newest thing Matt Josephs hates? We've got you covered. You can find replays of all our shows and interviews on our website at ESPNRichmond.com. ESPNRichmond.com. Or on the iHeartRadio app. Just search. Just search. 1061 ESPN Richmond. I loved in that promo that we called Derby Bill RVA Legend. Derby Bill Watson. He is finally getting his just due, his just reward, because he is that. I was just explaining to AJ how much of a loyal, long-time supporter Derby Bill has been of our program. So that is the appropriate 
moniker and for him. The man doesn't sleep, and no, in my short doesn't. tenure here, he has like not called anyone out for mistakes. He just quickly slides in, hey, this, hey, that, helps all of us out. That I cannot wait to shake your hand, Derby Bill. Yeah, he like I told you, he used to be out a lot at our remotes. Things change over the course of time, but hopefully uh, we can get him out out and about again. He is a, a wonderful, wonderful guy, and he knows his horse racing uh, first and foremost. That that's uh, for sure. Uh, here's a, a legendary caller to kind of wrap things up for us uh, this week. Good evening, Bruce. Good evening, Bob. How are you doing, young man? I'm great. The weekend is upon us. That's, yeah. Friday after five, it's that time. Hey, Bob, yeah. real quick. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I, I'll double down, double down on Derby Bill. I listen yeah. to him at 11, at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning there on you your go. show. Now to two hours, 10 to noon now on Saturday morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. But anyway. Bob, so I sort of hemmed and hawed yesterday listening to you and Sean regale and the sale of the football team, you know, probably 60% of the people in this area are Steelers fans, <laughs> like I am, like your 5 o'clock call yeah, was. About that? You I know, had no you know, clue. I had no clue he was a Steeler fan. That, that yeah, blindsided me. And by the way, Bruce, I, I was not regaling. Sean, as a Commanders yeah. fan, was regaling. I was not regaling. But yeah. go ahead. Finish up. But yeah, but yeah, and then I, I got a little concerned with all of the movement up at ESPN that Matt has sort of cut out on me. You know, I was like, Matt hasn't been on since Monday. Has he taken? Uh, is he going to have a two o'clock show replacing Matt Callaman on ESPN? You know, so I haven't heard him, and I've been following the TVT by myself because <laughs> Matt isn't on. So right, you know, go figure. Go figure. We even but, give no, Matt I, I, a little I, I, vacation time, Bruce. We even Matt gets a little vacation time, and he'll be back next week down in Charlotte at the ACC Media Day. So he's resting up for that big trip. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yes. And I even Bob, I'm just leaving the Channel Six News Station to what? support the the yeah the uh, the the Anthem Lemonade. Thing. Oh, nice. And, and I was. Yeah, I was waiting for Sean to come out so I could sort of punch him in the chest. Yeah, uh, he should be there. I think he's anchoring the night. He should be there. Yeah, I miss miss him. That's uh, a big boy, Bruce. Be careful. Yeah. I know. I know he is. He is. He is. He is. is. I don't want his wife to beat me up either. But uh, (laughs) with that being said, uh, just called you guys really just to to pick at you guys because have – the plans this weekend include double movies, Bob. So I'm yep. hoping to catch this Mission Impossible. As oh, well that's as good. Oppenheimer. No Barbie. No Barbie okay. for you, huh, Bruce? No Barbie. No Barbie. Not, not no. my. Not my. Not my role, homie. All right. Uh, Go enjoy the I'm movie. To catch Oppen- Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer and well. Mission Impossible. Yeah. Uh, I'll look for double your reviews deal. next week. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Got to roll. And you're going to see the movies too, aren't you, AJ? You're you're going. I know you are. Mission Impossible was awesome, and going to see Oppenheimer tonight. Can't wait to hear all about it. Uh, thanks to Neil Greenberg from the Washington Post and Tyler Harris, Pittsburgh Steeler fan and Richmond basketball transfer, as our guest this afternoon. Back at it on Monday. Matt is still on vacation. Have a great sports weekend. I'll talk to you for Monday on 1061 ESPN.
Pearson Moss at 9520 West Broad.